The Wolf and Bull podcast was prepared, conducted, and hosted by the Wolf and Bull team in their personal capacity. This podcast is for expressive listening entertainment, and any views, ideas, or opinions may or may not extend past the boundaries of this podcast. Conversations or specific comments on behalf of the hosts and guests are for entertainment purposes only. Due to language and potentially offensive topics, listener discretion is advised. Don't say, yeah, don't say anything at all. Yeah. We can't. All the good stuff has already been said. Yeah. We, I started late. I'm sorry. How's it Better late than never. That yeah. is true. Better late than never. <sighs> so. Oh, the heavy sigh is the first thing I hear from Bale. Yeah. We need to stop doing it's that. It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. And it is. And tomorrow is. Hump, hump day. Hump day. Hump day. Wasn't, wasn't there like a commercial with a camel? It, it, yes. yes it what? Was. what who, who started that? I don't remember. Camel you know, cigarettes. That's the, that's the problem with some of those real popular commercials is that you remember the the tagline, you remember some of the funny stuff, but you don't even remember what they were representing. Yeah. I mean, you know, well, when I, I think of camel as far as commercials, I hearken back to the old days when, the old days, the old bull days when I used to watch football on TV and they would do smoking commercials for yeah, when they could advertise to children. It was exactly. Geico. Okay. Geico, it was Geico commercial. Of course yeah, it makes sense. Geico. You could have guessed that. I did. I, I guessed it in my right. head and I almost said it out loud, but I wanted to double check. I actually thought it was the tomato board of the world or whatever it was called. Oh, we're going to keep going with this, huh? This is going to be every episode, just tomato board. What are you talking about? I've never talked oh, about that. All right. <laughs> all my missteps. I should have <laughs> should have said Geico. Should have should have jumped should've... on the Geico board. Yeah, we're now we're getting uh, we're 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 now marketing for Geico for free. Well, it's yeah. either it's done either we talk wellness. about tomatoes or people throw them at us. One or the other. Yeah, that's fine. I'm actually open to the tomato being thrown at me. It's one of my kinks. There are so many ways to make <laughs> money <laughs> these days. <laughs> there are sponsorships. You can have a, a what's a new site with nothing but people throwing rotten vegetables at you or yeah, fruits. yeah no, fruits really. in this case because a tomato is a vegetable no <laughs> fruit i know it's a fruit i just no, wanted so, to and of course say it and of course using tomatoes it's always good because what is the what is the photonutrient in tomato lycopene lycopene correct? sugar yeah. it's a sugar and yeah. lycopene is very similar to what wolves are actually called anyway. Right? Lichens, yeah, That's werewolves, right. there yeah. There you go. So, yeah, yeah. and I can bring everything back to the famous series of movies starring one of your favorite the wolf actresses. And bull. The Wolf and Bull. The, one of your favorite actresses is The Wolf and Bull? Yeah, I'm my favorite. I'm my own favorite Kate, actress. Kate, Kate Beckinsale. Right? I identify as Kate Beckinsale now. Kate Beckinsale, didn't she... Oh, just recently, the scandalous hot goss. Do you want to hear it? Hot goss. Do I want to hear hot, it? Hot tea or hot goss? What should the... we jump into this or should I do the hey, let, welcome to... It's the... pretty stupid gossip. I guess that's some well, Oscars. Let's go, yeah, you know, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead. I guess at some Oscars after party, she was snapped by paparazzi wearing Jason Momoa's jacket, suit jacket. And then he's like, the girl was cold. Why do you guys care? Because he and just his wife just ended things wife girlfriend i don't even know no one even knows at least she wasn't getting slapped by will smith uh anyway (laughs) hey everybody uh welcome to episode 42 of the wolf and bull podcast uh just before we jump into the episode quick reminder if you 
like what you hear and you think the Wolf and Bull family should grow, give us a like, a follow on Instagram, and if you're feeling really nice, a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you know, thank you for, so much for tuning in, and hopefully uh, you enjoy listening to our sultry, smooth voices. Mm. Hey, one person in this room keeps talking about the Wolf and Bull family growing, uh, but you do don't want to listen to that. Wow. <laughs> okay. Hey, that was, well, Grandpa Bull no, wants to be Grandpa. Grandpa Bull. Dear God. Not yet. Sorry. No. Well, all in its own good time. Right? Yeah. Well, speaking of doing shameless plugs for uh, for companies that are not currently sponsoring us, I'm looking at you, Geico. Uh, definitely probably going to need some of that for the wonderful 8.5 inflation. 8.5% inflation I'm, I'm that we just we should hit. should be reaching harder and goaling for double digits. I do. I, I think so, too. Yeah. I think, I mean, 1981, why would we tie with 1981? There's only one of us here that remembers 1981. Yeah, I wasn't alive was then. shit. Yeah. Listen. I, I didn't even have money to do anything with, and I saw people burning buildings. Not burning buildings. I saw people sitting in lines forever mm. to try to buy a gallon of gas well, in we uh early 2020 we actually got the uh what were like the pair not non-perishable food um what are they called rations mres yeah we got mres early 2020 when we thought we were all gonna die we're preppers um but uh but we never obviously used we never had to use them but now i'm looking around like maybe we should because it's cheaper than going to the grocery store no it's not it's not cheaper well i I think that people ought to be you know, it's funny because people can predict this kind of stuff, right? And if you really want to gain during these times, predict it just enough in advance and then just buy all the commodities way ahead of time and resell them. That's what people do, yeah. right? You go on eBay or have your own website or sell them at the, the local fair or whatever the case may be. Because if you bought everything a year ago for half price and you can sell it now for double, well, now you're price gouging and the Fed will come after you. So uh, Not if it's like uh, pickled peppers or something. Oh, reasonable, yeah, of course. Uh, but yeah, gasoline. What's your name's Peter Piper. Yeah, right. That's, it is my name. Uh, but yeah, gasoline weighed in heavily in the increases, according to the New York Times, uh, while prices moderated in several categories, whatever that fucking means. Um, some economists say this overall rate may have peaked. <laughs> you know what moderate moderation of prices means? It doesn't mean uh, prices went down. It means no. they just kind of plateaued. Yeah, yeah. They, but they when say it plateaued... It's at the top of Mount Everest, it doesn't freaking matter, does it? Yeah, no, it doesn't. And what's funny is people are, I mean, people, and by people, I mean the the, the administration currently in office, they're saying this has to do with Vladimir Putin. Um, for any of you that believe that that's the case, uh, I oh, have no. a bridge to sell you in Brooklyn. What are you talking about? Of course it's the Putin price hike. What are you talking about? No, no, It has to be. No. He's responsible for every yeah. evil in the world, He period. is, yeah, is he actually, not? yeah, he, he is. Um, he is... The worst person possible. And look, I'm not going to get into this because this is a totally long one. But I thought we'd touch on that. It's really... <sighs> there's not much more to say. I, I think mean, it's... Well, okay. Hey, go ahead. Well, what I was going... <laughs> <laughs> good. Good for calling that what out. What I was, was going good. to say was, you know, just a couple months ago, we had to, to take out some 401k money to buy a house, right? And if I had waited just a week... Not only would the stocks be down, but we, but you wouldn't even be able to put that money on a house because it wouldn't have been large enough. Take out or loan yourself. Loan, okay. excuse me, loan to myself. Otherwise, the IRS come knocking on your door no, real quick. No, we should talk. IRS, <clears throat> I did my taxes right. I am a law-abiding citizen. Wow, we'll, let's talk so, more about our personal finances online. You can, you know what? Cut <laughs> you know it all. You should Just do cut if it all. Really, if, you, if you really you want should. your personal finances to be enhanced, isn't the uh, post office? going to raise the price of the forever stamp here soon probably 
Didn't somebody say that the, a week ago or so? It's going to go up to like 60 cents? Probably, like yeah. I remember you mentioning that, yeah. Well, let's think about it. If, what is it today? I don't know. I don't I don't send shit you in the mail. Don't it's keep... currently 60 cents. Yeah. Okay, what is it supposed to be, or did it just go up to 60? Uh, let's see. I I don't know. Forever stamp, yeah, or set to increase. Right now it is 60 cents, but it is set. Oh, wait. It was 58. Uh, now it's 60. Mm. See, uh, all we know is that the price of sending junk mail is going to continue to rise. But companies so, will still, for some reason, send that mail. Look, the whole goal right now is we've got, and this is this is true for anybody listening out there, your goal is to try to overcome the amount of negative that's occurring. So if the the inflation is, is costing you 8.5%, if it's costing you approximately $5,000 as a family per year right now, which is about 8.5% of your annual income if you're on the median, in the United States of America, then your whole goal is to find and put whatever disposable income you have, if you have any more, into something that's going to gain you more than 8.5%. Good right? luck. And what, Good what, what luck. are you going to find? Shiba coin. Yeah. Shiba Inu. Well, there you go. It is part Buy of the wolf family. Bitcoin. Buy the Shiba. Just kidding. Don't. Shiba it's pointless and useless. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of things that, you know, investing in things that will gain you more than 8.5% on the other topic of news, because we were not going to take too much time on this because everyone already, that's all we believe in anymore. No one really talks about anything else but the news. And I'm sure you've probably heard this. Uh, Elon Musk says he is not going to join the Twitter board after all, because he is probably going to buy more shares of Twitter, which that's is That's speculation, but also well, hilarious. I, I hilarious. think we should take a, a time out for a second and let our listenership know that the wolf and bull have decided to do the same and invest in twitter yeah we we, okay we we are going to give elon a call oh my god and we're going to go in full tilt (laughs) i'll rip my shirt in half Elon, pull my shirt in half it's going to be it's going to be wolf and bull yeah in spacex owning everything that makes sense okay that seems plausible reasonable really yeah is that where we're ending there? Is that the is this the punchline? <laughs> Everything's you know what life is a freaking punchline. Yeah, it has become one. Yeah, um, and there's really not much to say about the Elon. Everyone's just speculating he joined the board. I know there's a lot of people board. having a meltdown. Well, yeah, they're him. having a meltdown because they thought he would join the board, which is funny because they thought it would somehow influence their work. A bunch of people thought about leaving, and all of a sudden they, real, they realize that oh wait, if he doesn't join the board, then he can buy more shares legally, which makes him a larger shareholder, which makes him more influence a larger influence in the company anyway. So it's a lose lose for all the people who uh, can't handle disappointment. Anyway, on that note, um, I think I will go into the very first version of the wolf monologue. Hopefully this is entertaining for our listeners, but we figured we give you qualify this properly. Wolf. This is the first official monologue. First usually official monologue. Every single this one time. is yeah. first official monologue. <laughs> I mean, do I start? Do you count it in? Well, three, two, one. Yeah, there should I mean, be like a drum roll. No, that's too much. No? It needs to be like a like a like a loud explosion. Maybe a flames. Howl. There should be a. Howl. I'll do it here. Oh. Here it'll be like just like you're acting in a movie. Okay, three, two, one. Action. Have you ever found yourself wondering whether or not it's worth the argument, the discussion, or the engagement with someone on the other side of the coin? You see, I have many times. 
Whether it be the enraged local Karen, angry at a Starbucks barista for screwing up her iced ristretto 10-shot vente with breve, 5-pump vanilla, 7-pump caramel, 4-splenda, poured not shaken, trip to dietary restrictions, or the wild-eyed college grad, sporting multicolored hair, clothing, and personality, all the while claiming, you don't even know what you're talking about, with an eventual outrageous statement of absolutism around the corner concerning something socially abnormal about you. Funny. It can occur on both ends of the spectrum depending on the topic. Now, I'm sure there are a million versions of what I'm broadly referencing, all of them human and all of them simultaneously hilarious given the circumstance, be it a group of scraggly teens dressed like thrift, sh thrift shop Batmans fighting social justice and fascism with more fascism, of course, or hyped up chods spouting off about the exact opposite ideas of the incel Batman group. Either way, I believe it exists within mammals, including humans. The more I think about it, I believe that thing that exists is aposematism. Not semitism, sematism. Semitism is something completely and totally different. Is this your thesis? Are you thesis? pronouncing that correctly, by the way? Aposematism, yeah. Mm. Now, what is your pronunciation? I don't know, but I think we should look it up to see if we have By the way, I love that monologue. Was it really, good? Yeah. Was it okay? Did yeah. it sound so like you, Keanu you, Reeves? You, you hit, I don't think I've ever been into a Starbucks or other coffee shop without somebody ordering something almost exactly like it that. It is the most complicated. I literally looked it, that's, up the most it's complicated like they, order. They intentionally want complication. And, and I, I don't even know what it is. over at Beowulf for this because she usually does this very thing. I mean, part of me wants to order that. Except not at Starbucks anymore, right? Part of me wants mm -hmm. to order that and see if it's any good. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's aposematism, yeah. Aposematism. Semitism. Aposematism. Aposematism. I don't... It's semitism? No. Semitism is, is like something totally different. I'm, I'm, I'm looking it up. Okay, okay we got this. We got We're this. We're going to spend time sounding this out. Aposematism. Aposematism. Say it again. Aposematism. Wow, you're right. I am right. Yeah, I'm always. Do we right. have a fourth join us just now? <laughs> that was actually the that, the, was, that was Beowulf. Yeah, that was uh, YouTube. So Semitism. Hmm. This is a topic that most people have probably never heard of, and to clarify, this is not my own or not my own organic idea. I've heard this topic discussed by other individuals, but I wanted to expand upon it a little bit amongst ourselves to see mm. if we could really In dive words, into it to a little bit. A little symposium, mimicking others. No, 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 we're no. Doing? not at all. No, it was mentioned briefly and I Googled it and I thought, well, this should be something that we should talk about. I know what you're saying, but I don't want to make it seem like we're taking someone's idea. That's not what I mean. <laughs> Aposematism is a form of mimicry. Yes. Uh, That's yes. All I'm yes and no, I understand kind what you're of. talking about. Yeah. Um, I, I got it. I saw it. Okay. I did see it. Um, so look, the reason I brought this up is because I do think that in nature, aposematism is ex it's explicitly expressed in a lot of different ways. And for our listeners, uh, it's basically when an animal signals to potential predators that it is not worth eating or attacking. Um, this is basically hmm. in a various forms. Uh, perfect examples include like poisonous frogs or skunks or different types of fish and even some spider variants. So not camouflage. Like this is actually no, making well, sure you I, see I, me. I, well, yes, but you can, I think you could use some sorts of camouflage as potentially Yes and no. Uh, well, it's, probably yeah. yes, because um, there's different. Because there's mimicry and then there's aposematism, and mimicry falls under the category of aposematism. Um, so, well, crypsis is a type of it, that's 
kind of hiding yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is a perfect example. Um, and then obviously there's millions of examples in the wild. Uh, but the main idea is, you know, stay away from me. I'll kill, harm, maim, you know, you if you mess with me, et cetera. Anything under the, the sun is the idea behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always found that to be really interesting um, just because it's such an odd evolutionary um, I like this process. subject because it, it, I think we can, and I'm sure you'll get into this, but I think mm-hmm. we can kind of stroke that across a whole lot of different things. There's a, there's obviously a, a, a biological aspect of that that you're going to talk about, but mm-hmm. I think you could look into some different avenues to come up with different forms of episomatism as well. Yeah. And I, I would agree. I think that it's definitely something that, I mean, there's not much discussion on it quite yet of being expressed within humankind. Um, and I think that there's a social construct and cultural construct that it would be used under maybe a different, well, maybe maybe we should name. give us a really a, a clear view of this first, yeah. because I think the examples are great that you used, though. Yeah, and and I think you know within nature, obviously, there's variant deterrence that animals utilize to stay, obviously, alive within the the uh, the chain of existence. Uh, one of them being you know toxicity or venom or foul taste or smell, you know sharp spines or aggressive nature taking the form of aggressive sounds. Um, overtly bright coloration, etc. Um, basically aposematist aposematist, Jesus. Aposematic characteristics are beneficial to both predators and prey alike. So they can be exhibited exhibited on both ends of the spectrum. Um, additionally, according to Malarian mimicry, and I probably mispronounced that, two or more well defined species, often foul tasting and sharing common predators, can come to mimic each other's honest warning signals to their mutual benefit. So a good example of that is like if you see like maybe two similar butterflies and one is like has got you know eyes on the wings so it looks like it has eyes mm-hmm. and the other is a different butterfly but it looks similar there's a mutual benefit there you know i i, I read something about uh, uh the viceroy butterfly mm-hmm. yeah and how birds just love to gobble that dang thing up mm-hmm. but they mostly leave it alone because it mimics uh the the coloration and stylation of the um the monarch yeah, which apparently tastes like shit. <laughs> yeah, so the birds are like, oh, we better leave that alone just in case. Which is funny because uh, when I was growing up in you know the Midwest, we saw monarchs all the time. Like, and we do not, at least in California, we didn't see them a ton. Oh, um, monarchs go right through. Yeah, uh, they what, migrate. What is, which city? It's not Laguna. It's uh, is it Santa Barbara? Right, no, no. Well, well, might be too, but the, right along the coast in between San Diego and El, in Orange County. Ah. Uh, La Jolla? San Clemente. San Clemente. San Clemente. Yeah, I think that's Clemente, what it yep. is. Yeah, they yeah. migrate there. There's La Jolla, what am huge, I saying? They go thousands of miles. Yeah. Well, here's really? the thing. Like, what I mean by that is I, I was, I, I'm, I never saw that in person, but I saw them all the time when I was mm-hmm. up in, in, in like Midwest, like all the time. And when we lived in, you know, Northern San Diego, I didn't see them very often at all. They were well, there, well, but not as many. Think yeah. about, think about, uh, we just said those things migrate thousands of, <laughs> excuse me, thousands of miles. Think about the reason they actually can. Exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Mm, because they if they, if they, if the, uh, well, because um, they, they taste predators, terrible. yeah. If the predators thought they tasted great and they see flocks of these butterflies going on by, man, they'd been all over them, but they mm. don't. Yeah. They want to leave them alone. So thus they can expand their territory, which is exactly what we're talking about here. Because having the ability to take prey 
and push them out to a to an arm's limit expands your territory, expands your ability to procreate, expands your ability to expand. Well, it also expands create, your ability to expand. How well, about that? It creates a a, a like a, a fake, not a figure. Well, maybe not really figure. It's a realistic, a realistic, you know, uh, deterrent as well in large groups. So you can see this when it comes to. I mean, in humans specifically, when it comes to mobs, I mean, like one individual within a mob may not be super, super dangerous if taken one on one, but large groups of individuals so are seen as more to be similar to the same. Yeah. 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 So that's the same with monarchs. It can be seen a lot with other animals as well, which is why, you know, um, stampedes and stuff like that outside of the, the danger of them being so large and violent and moving so fast is are also considered so dangerous because, you know, in large groups, mass obviously is, you know, much more hard, harder, to, much, much more hard. Mass is much more hard. My name's Keanu well, Reeves. I, you know, um, I, I <laughs> find a lot of people try to mimic the bull. Because, right. Because, you know. Always bring it back. Standing there. Yeah. Majestically. Sweating profusely mm. right exactly. now. Yeah, it's not Just even 70 but degrees. A solid muscle standing in the hill. Knowing you're going to be a flank steak soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. I'm too old and... Yeah. Uh, Sinewy. Yeah, we're sponsored, by the way, we're sponsored by Butcher Box today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish. That'd be great. Um, and then, you know, obviously you were mentioning mimicry. Uh, there's a few different forms. I mentioned malarian. Um, another one is Batesian, um, which is slightly different. It's just basically uh, when a mimicking species resembles an aposematic. Apo- aposematic. Aposematic model closely uh, enough to share the. Uh, protection while many species like have bluffing diametic displays. So as I mentioned, like eye spots, mm-hmm. um, which may startle a predator long enough to enable an otherwise undefined, undefended prey to escape. So, so the like Batesian a- mimicry is different because it's more of a, I look like something, but I'm not really the same thing. But, but in then opposition to that, you could say like, like zebras in a pack. Oh yeah. Similar. Yeah. Well, zebras, I mean, you think... Because it's or disorienting, but that... Yeah. Well, it's you know, I was reading a little yeah. bit about the that using that as an example. Black and white stripes, you think, my God, that stands off like a sore thumb. Well, their main predator are nighttime cats, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who can't see them very well in large weeds Mm-mm. because of the, the shadows and the coloration. Yeah. So these things adapt for survival. That's right. what this is really... But there's, there's an extension to this that is beyond that. It's... Mm-hmm. Survival first, expansion second. And I think that's that's the thing that when you look at this type of mimicry, when you look at these these animals particularly that will, like, for instance, uh, I think the gopher snake looks a lot like a, a rattlesnake. rattlesnake. A rattlesnake. Yeah. And so people and other animals stay away from them for that very reason, mm-hmm. thus giving the gopher snake a, a chance to expand its territory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, its and, and, yeah, you're... Totally right, both of you guys on that. I mean, the function of aposematism is to prevent attack by warning potential predators that the prey animal has defenses such as being unpalatable or poisonous. Um, the easily detective warning is a primary defense mechanism, and the non-visible defenses are secondary. So, gopher snake looks like a rattlesnake is primary. The non-detect, like non-visible defenses, like it having you know teeth at the time, is a secondary characteristic for it. For example, um, aposemat. God, I'm struggling with this. Apples, apple somatic. Applesauce. 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 Do you guys like applesauce? Do you, are you missing teeth? <laughs> uh, <laughs> dentures are for you. Um, Aposematic signals are primarily visual. Um, so using bright colors and a high contrast pattern such as stripes, like you mentioned with zebras. Like a skunk um, stripe. 
Yes, it's a prime example. Um, Warning signals are honest indications of noxious prey because conspicuousness evolves in tandem with noxiousness. So thus, the brighter and more conspicuous the organism, the more toxic it usually is. This is in contrast to dimatic displays, as mentioned previously, which attempt to startle a predator with a threatening appearance, which are bluffing, like unsupported by any strong defenses. So like a gopher snake would be dimatic, whereas something like a skunk would be... um, more of the uh, the aposematic like true mm-hmm. version. Um, now, the most common and effective colors, oddly enough, are red, yellow, black, and white. So you can see this in a lot of different animals. Um, a good example again is a black widow. It signals its aposematic venom by that red little hourglass on its bottom. Um, now, this contrasts specifically against foliage or, or, or areas where there's uh, a lot it's like of... like warning, warning, yeah. warning. Well, you see, it's interesting because um, I, I have to look up the name of the, sta- the snake. There's two snakes. They look very similar. In fact, the bands, it's like red, yellow, Right, it's a coral black, snake. Coral snake a coral and a king snake. snake, and a king king snake. Yeah. One of them is very poisonous, and the other Cor- one is hardly is poisonous at all. Poisonous, yeah. and king is not. Right, mm-hmm. and they look so similar. So is the king snake... Yes, evolved to the, at this point to try and mimic that snake because they well, know it's, it's, people it's stay with kind it. of in a way predators. It, you know, this aposematism is kind of a symbiosis in a way, right? So you you got you've got these different because you have to have proximity over time to allow these things to happen, mm. and there's got to be a recognition over time from really a base genetic level that there's an advantage, a a, a time. Um, expansion advantage for looking like or sounding like or smelling like or whatever like yeah. these other things which really which is really interesting to me well it proves as well in an evolutionary pers- like in an evolutionary area uh, to your point how interesting it is because you look at something like a, a crocodile or alligator that has stayed pretty consistent evolutionarily for millions of years because it's such a good it's an apex an apex predator it's such mm-hmm. a good example of prime evolution uh, at its peak, whereas you have like animals like, you know, or insects like butterflies or spiders, or even, I mean, a, a, another good example is a, a, a praying mantis. There's a specific praying mantis in Japan that resembles a flower. Um, that's not only to blend in on a predatory aspect, but it's also for its prey. So it looks like, you know, something that's not dangerous. Uh, you should look into praying mantis on tour. Well, see, that's, that's Those are the interesting other, things. That's the other side of this. Some of these things well, can it's beneficial probably have a, a dual. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, maybe a. a <coughs> excuse me, more than dual um, trifecta of, of potential things that they do. Number one, to allow prey to come to them, mm-hmm. you know, Venus flytrap. Yep. It, it From what I understand, there's a, a, a sweet smell to it mm-hmm. that attracts insects. That's why insects go into the, the Venus flytrap in the first place. Yeah. Now, other things will also have something to keep prey away, as mm-hmm. you're talking about um I can never pronounce it. Aposematism. Aposematic. And then at the same time, a lot of these colorations and variations and looking like something else bigger than yourself or whatever is also to, to attract the uh, um, a potential mate. Yeah. So at the same time. And, and on, on the end, and specifically, like not to get into the, the mates, because that is a good point, but specifically in relation to defense mechanisms, when you're looking at prey, um, obviously the warning coloration is mentioned by the Black Widow. Um, you know, obviously is in in response to background lighting conditions and predator vision. So you were mentioning earlier with the vision of an animal and zebras and stripes, like so a lion. It's a prime example from a prey perspective. 
Um, a lion, I guess, a prime example would be the color of its mane, the color of its fur. It blends in really, really well with its surroundings. Um, now, granted, that's probably a deviation from aposematism because a lion's an apex. The only predator that it has is human beings. Um, yeah, but that's that's there for them yeah. to be able to sneak up on those dang zebra shadows. Well, and mm-hmm. especially with a lion, the primary functionality of its claws and its teeth is going to be what's deterrent to anything that's potential predator whereas something like a a black widow is small and very fragile if it falls off of a wall it's going to explode i mean that's why you know, people look at spiders i think and this is the nerdy part of me getting into this and i try i really don't want to dive too deep into it but when it comes to spiders <laughs> people really don't understand them they think that they're creepy and crawly and that may be true at the same time they're really really fragile and most bites are either from people being stupid messing with them and handling them when they shouldn't or from an instance where the spider feels that it's going to be crushed. Um, and, and in most instances, they'll just leave you alone. Like there's some species that'll bite you that are aggressive, but they're very few and far between. And most of them are species like, uh, the brown recluse, which it's reclusive in nature. So you won't see it, but if you do confront right. it, it's going to there's, attack there's you. There's something totally different between a spider bite yeah. or a mosquito getting you, right? Exactly. A mosquito is their whole, that they're feeding, right? Yeah. But a right. uh, uh, spider is not, unless you're in like the Deathly Howls or something. Well, and like by that. And I think there's only like two spiders in the world, two or three in the world that are like specifically aggressive towards humans. I think one's the Sydney funnel web, uh, other is the Brazilian wandering spider, which you don't want to get bit. Nerd by. alert! Nerd alert! Well, you don't want to get bit by that one because that he's one a give spider you, nerd. Well, that'll give you a, a, a spider man. That one will make you. <laughs> that one will make you impotent if it bites you. Um, and then the <laughs> wow, third, where does it have to bite you for that? Anywhere. Yeah, it's this venom specifically attacks your nervous system, which could result in impotency uh, if you get bit by it. Why would you first think of impotency <laughs> if something bites well, you? Bites you? I well, mean, well, I'm saying this. or you could paralyze yourself. Well, believe yeah, it, it will, no, it, it, it wouldn't result. In, I mean, maybe it would, but uh, anyway. I'm that, guessing it's not great. One well, way no. or the other. No. It's Have not. you ever seen those giant spiders that kill birds? Birding glass. Oh my oh, god! You know, those yeah. things. It's like a not to Aranog yeah. or whatever the thing spiders name. Aragog. Aragog. Aranog. Shellbog from Lord of the Rings. Aragog from Harry Potter. For someone who likes for someone who likes rocks so much, you seriously need to touch up on your Harry Potter references. Well, Shellbog is is Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Yeah, exactly. That was Shelob. Well, Shalob. Shalob. Is it Shalob? Oh, that was embarrassing. I can't believe I got that wrong. What happened to you? I don't know. know. I thought you could speak Elfish. How am I a bigger nerd than both of you guys? That was embarrassing. (laughs) I can't believe I got that wrong. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 And and those are just, obviously, that was a little bit of a diatribe. Um, But when it comes to like uh, coloration, there's also visible signals, as you mentioned. Um, those can be accompanied by odors, so think a skunk, or sounds or behavior to provide a multimodal signal, which is more effectively detected by predators. So a good example of that would be like a wolverine or a honey badger. Like you see them without their claws, they look very inconspicuous. They're small, they're 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 kind of cuddly looking when they're young. Yeah, when they're babies, they're cuddly looking. But like when they hippos? Get, no. because <laughs> Baby hip- hippos are so cute. Yeah, but hippos wouldn't be a good example because the, their their size would yeah. be a deterrent as well as their teeth. <laughs> the large ones are pure evil. Yes. Um, <laughs> and so like a, like a honey badger, for example, very aggressive, very violent animals stay away from them specifically not only because they're really aggressive, but also because they don't sound like their size. Um, so a lion will roar and you see the size and you say, like, oh, that's a big lion. Honey badger will make a sound. And you say, oh, that doesn't look, that doesn't match up. So that's a prime example of a prey version of aposematism. Um, 
And obviously, aposematic animals can express uh, their warnings vocally to deter potential predators or threats. Um, you know, obviously, both are incredibly dangerous, but neither, when it comes to the wolverine or the honey badger, are going to look like they sound. Um, so, those are tough freaking animals, man. They really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really, really are. Um, all I remember, all I can think of is that fucking, what is that? Uh, oh, the meme. The narration. The, oh, damn, honey badger. Uh, I can't even remember exactly <laughs> what? what the phrase is. Yeah, there's a whole narration it's that like, was hilarious. That was very 2009 of ago. you. Yeah, it tells me how, 2010? how old I am. Oh. Um, but yeah, you know, our listeners are probably listening. Their probably eyes well, are glazed over. and They shouldn't, I mean, hey people to each of their own right yeah but this is a very interesting subject because there's a lot of crossover that goes on because you're talking specifically to to animals biology well, but, and animals right now but yeah. but fauna as well yeah or excuse me flora as well you're talking both fauna and flora yeah i mean think about something simple as something you love peppers mm-hmm. right that's a prime example there's, yeah. there's a lot of peppers are red for a reason uh-huh. right mm-hmm. it means stay away from me because i'm gonna hurt your tongue if you eat well me. and and a lot of peppers have potential to kill animals. So correct. So humans, oddly enough, we've understood how to distill their their tastes and their, yeah. their, there's a that's a whole different talk altogether. Mm-hmm. But I think they think your your methodology here of talking about this is very interesting to me because there are things patterned around. First and foremost, it's always visual. That's the in a lot of ways. There's other yeah. types of this mimicry and this aposematism. Uh, aposematism, but uh, the primary one. Is visual first. Just think anti-Semitism or this is, Semitism. This is why I was hoping it could and be then pronounced differently because I keep saying it wrong. Yeah, you, you just gotta shove those those desires. How about uh, <laughs> I, I still like to call it mimicry. No, how about well, just plain mimicry. Well, but because well, here's the, the thing: is, how about dangerous mimicry? Well, that could about, uh, yeah, dangerous mimicry, I guess. Or, or everyone's it, just a butterfly. <laughs> well, I, I think the other part of this, though, and I mentioned it earlier, was uh, uh, Crypsis. Which is concealment, mm-hmm. right, or, or camouflage? Yeah, because it allows and, them chance to get away. And, and there are there are texts you can read that say uh, this is a type of uh, I'm going to pronounce it wrong again. Aposematism. There you go. That's perfect. Uh, it's a it's a type of, but it's I mean, how, how about bioluminescence? Mm-hmm. You know those well, kinds of things. Interestingly enough, there's a lot of debate, and I was reading about this uh, while doing the research for this episode. There's a lot of debate about. Uh, aquatic animals like they, they there's not a full consensus quite yet even though i'm not sure why because you look at certain different octopus and they express this type of stuff um uh, so i think obviously this is kind of a new i wouldn't say it's new but i would say it's well it's definitely not new because this has been around for a long time um this coined this was coined i think in the mid 1800s um but or mid 1900s one of the two um so big discrepancy there but uh, yeah for some reason there's a, a lot of like debate about whether it's accurately expressed within marine animals i'm sure it is i am sure it is i don't know why there's a debate about i'm crypsis for sure because things are hiding all the time Mm -hmm. Uh, you know things that are blending and changing colors and forming into the rocks and hiding within coral and doing all those kinds of things i mean what's the what's the uh, oh gosh what's the fish that has its eyes on top of its head it's always on the there uh and i want to say flounder but it's not yeah it's flounder well, in any event, there's a type it, of flounder. Yeah. It, in any event, I mean they're no. they're really thin. It's not flounder; it's something else. But in any event, they're they're uh, mahi mahi, right? No, that's not it. No, I'm I go telling. I go Hawaiian word every time. I, I'm what's, positive. What's the most famous fish in Hawaii? Uma uma nupa nupa apawaa. Oh, there you go. It's a flounder, 100 percent of flounder. Okay, yeah. flounder. I so, know that because those, of animal those crossing. are those are. <laughs> Uh, can be extremely large fish. They're huge, but they're really not as large as you think because they're so thin. 
But so what, you got to ask yourself two reasons. Yeah, exactly. Mm. They're very big. No, it's not. That one. is a flounder. Yep. It's got its eyes on the side. Yeah, on the top. Sunfish. The top. No. No, yeah. sunfish. All my point is. Sunfish these, is the big one. Are, You're talking about the one that sits in the bottom. Correct. Flounder. Yeah. Correct. And my point is, is they do that for camouflage, but they also do it because when they come up off the ground, they look way, way bigger than, than a predator might think they are. Mm-hmm. Right. So is that, that's got to be form of. Um, yeah, I would think so. I think a lot of the debate probably comes down to maybe how it's expressed. Now, coloration is probably 100% true. I don't know so much about odor, um, or flavor. Cause I, I don't really know how animals like aquatic animals specifically, how that works for them. Um, because obviously sharks don't have tongues. So <laughs> what about a fish like Dory? I don't know. I mean, that's, and that's the thing. I think that's probably why there's a lot of debate is because there's a lot of crossover. I mean, there's a lot of crossover generally. Now, obviously talking and ranting about all this, our listeners are probably wondering, Oh, that's all great and dandy Wolfie, but, uh, how does this apply to humans? And this is what I think, uh, is interesting about this discussion. Cause we can take the viewpoint of humanity and probably break it into a few different categories. Um, from a biological perspective, we could probably tie into apisemitism, maybe in an observational point, or maybe from an observational point. Um, but obviously, there's a lot of nuances and deviance, uh, and deviances, and deviations, deviances, different things. <laughs> could be the same in this case. Maybe. Um, but there's a lot of devi- uh, deviations when it comes to, you know, maybe social context or cultural context. Um, but I think a really good example to maybe see how this is expressed accurately in our societies, and this is a political one, so prep your buttholes, um, is the, you know, the, the uh, unrest in May of 2020. Um, I specifically remember that as I was looking at the mugshots of some of the people who were arrested um, in the various cities throughout the country over the summer, uh, summer of 2020, I noticed that there were some very interesting but almost uniform characteristics of these individuals, um, specifically in relation to how they chose to present themselves, um, be it from a very bright hair color or facial tattoos or uh, a form of visible non-self-care if that makes sense so there might be people who like don't brush their teeth or you know have visible usage of maybe drug use right and i saw this and obviously this is probably maybe uniform across the spectrum when it comes to criminals to some degree maybe not across the board but i think in a lot of ways um and this is what kind of sparked this interest on my point because there's obviously other examples like, you know, so like the ethereal constructs outside of the ethereal constructs of left and right. Cause I don't believe there's really, I think it's all bullshit at the end of the day. Um, you know, conservatives might wear a, you know, a let's go Brandon shirt or a FJ, FJB hat. Um, or, you know, liberals may sport a coexist bumper on their vehicle. These are indicators of what groups you're a part of. And in a lot of ways they not only show the tribalistic nature of society, but they can in some ways taken to the exact extreme, express a form of apisemitism to a singular I, individual, I think that's to a, a group. Very good point. And I think yeah. that human beings have, the potential to use aggressive mimicry to form a, 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 a viewpoint of themselves that may not be true, but others can look at as an apisemitism. Uh, uh, in other words, stay away from me because I'm, I'll just use this as an example. I remember a kid in high school, and I won't even mention who it was because you guys all know who it was. But he was a shorter individual, really, really good basketball player, <laughs> uh, excellent one. And but he would run up against, you know, six foot five guys all the time. 
and he'd school them, but something would happen, right? And bigger people tend to think they're superior in a lot of ways, which is generally true physically, but not if somebody gives you the wild eye, you know? And so so you got to ask yourself, is that intentional or not? Or is it a form of exactly what you're talking about? Well, you're referencing the jaguar. He looks real cuddly until he starts staring at you. Honey badger, or a honey badger. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. But honey but, uh, makes but on sense. the other side of it, you mentioned a hat and a t-shirt and things like that. Yeah, isn't that the perfect way for human beings who are frail, mm-hmm. uh, you know, biological entities in the first part to 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 show if you if you walk down the street and you got a there's a guy at night in downtown freaking Portland and he's dressed all in black and he's got a Molotov cocktail in one hand and a mask on. And he's, he's, he just, he, he's got this look. That's an intentional look. That doesn't mean the human being underneath that has any kind of aposomatic ways about them, but they've created this mask, this form, this clothing, this viewpoint that is that very thing. Yeah. And I think I want to like expressly define to our listeners that this is not, this is taken in a very, I wouldn't say figurative because there's some realistic displays, but in a, a sort of pseudo figurative It's totally f- it's figurative. Um, and the reason I say that is because none of us, even though I may be a wolf, I've not yet established a taste for human flesh. So, <laughs> so obviously there's not a predator prey instance in this, even though in the event it's probably more like a perpetrator victim, right? It's, it's power structure. It's yes. hierarchy. Yeah. Okay. It's how do you, All right. Okay. No. Honestly, it's, it's how do you show <laughs> that you shouldn't be shouldn't be messed with? Exactly. Yeah. And that's and and obviously you know by themselves like if you were to walk in and I think this has more to do maybe with large groups of identifying factors um, than maybe on a, an individual perspective because I, if I were to walk into a group of like twelve different individuals and there isn't really any coordination amongst them and someone's wearing a you know a coexist t shirt and another person's wearing a let's go Brandon t shirt I wouldn't think about it. I wouldn't either. But if I see you know a thousand people wearing. Uh, you know, sporting red hats that say, you know, MAGA and all that stuff. Then, especially if I was from a, a city that was, ex, you know, particularly progressive, I would probably think differently about it. Well, uh, same well, on the, you know, the the inverse as well. Well, I just, I was just recently a couple of days ago at a country music festival. Oh, please explain how this went. Uh, I, this was a, the ticket was a gift. I, have nothing against country music. I like what I know of it. Wow. Wow. She tell she us how actually, much you hate country she music. She actually backed it up. Yeah. And justified what she's about to say know, prior to actually saying it. That yeah, was tell much how much you dislike I country music this. by I how, love this. by saying how no, much you dislike country not, music. Not at all. No, it, my, I think the way she qualified it was great. Though. My yeah. my point was I I did not seek out this ticket on my own. I right. I don't know much country music, but what I I like most of the stuff that I've heard since mm-hmm. I decided mm-hmm. I was going to this. Uh, anyway, so I am from a pretty progressive place. You don't say. And <laughs> from Southern California, I lived there my whole life. And the brief stint I I stayed anywhere else, I was in Portland, Oregon. So I <laughs> pretty much as blue is all I know. But I went to this music festival and let's just say I was in the middle of the Arizona desert in the truly the middle of nowhere. And, uh, yeah, there was every single, uh, <laughs> let's go Brandon, uh, brand Variation, of, yes, yeah. that you could possibly imagine. Yeah. All the yee-yees and the yee-haw. On, on every, yeah. on t-shirts, on hats, on flags, uh, everywhere. Know. And, and it was one of those things where, you know, you're in a group of a hundred thousand people out in the middle of the desert. 
no one's wearing a mask and no one is wearing a coexist t-shirt. Yeah. And you have to imagine that you being the only individual that has a coexist t-shirt probably felt like a fish out of water. Well, I met somebody there. Mm. I was talking to a, a, a little group of people next to me and we were having a nice normal conversation and you could have, you would have died laughing if you saw their faces when I said, I just moved, I just moved to the area from Southern California. They looked like I had just smacked him right in the face you basically <laughs> dude you basically said hail carl marx uh give uh, me give give me all of your stuff and and <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to make a political statement about the whole thing it was just very it was jarring because it's it's the same side of it's it's the other side of the coin yeah well and that's and that's something that i think people and in the whole time just point of this discussion is to bring this up because i think when people are aware of this type of thing they might be more aware of their own individual actions because i throughout my life being a uh a uh, cisgender, according to the pop culture, cisgender uh, white male who's not exactly a, a, a enjoyed by a lot of uh, the popular kids. Um, I, uh, I've noticed these changes. So you're in a group of individuals in any demographic or culture or be it subculture, wherever, you're going to see kind of a... a, a, a a, almost a segmentation in some way naturally amongst people who are affiliated with each other. Um, you can see this amongst the chads who go to SDSU. You get them all in one room and all of a sudden you're concerned about how many you know, children may be coming out of wedlock. Uh, I mean, and, and you know, if you get a, a bunch of other individuals in a room, I mean, there's other, th- I mean, there's a tendency to burn things down. So it just depends on the group that you're talking about or that you're with. And, and what's interesting enough is that if you have a bunch of different individuals in a singular room, there might be some maybe attention to that, but not so much as a larger group compared to a minority group, right? And what I mean by that, if there's, you know, 10 white guys in a room and then two white girls, the white girls will pay a pair off, but the 10 white guys are going to go specifically either towards all the, <laughs> the two girls. I was going to say, I know we're all towards the 10 white guys. They're going to go towards the girls. But, well, depending you know, on how, how much of Chad's they are. You know, the very interesting thing about what you guys are talking about here is there's definitely a bifurcation of, yeah. of there, there's groupthink mm. and then there's individual aposematism that yeah. we're talking about. And the two, you know, there's similarities going on. Bayo talked about her her episode at the concert here. Yeah. And that was, a, honestly, a safe space for anybody that had a predilection for that um, political or that, yeah. you know, musical direction, et cetera. Yeah. And anybody that didn't want to be in that safe space was in the, the vast, vast minority, right? Let's put it so, this way. Brian Stelter would never find himself at one of those events, right? Correct. <laughs> but see, this is what we've talked about many times before. They should be. This is, mm-hmm. this is I, I yeah. you know, I'm, I'm one of these people that I don't care. I can fit in freaking area. And I'm like a chameleon camouflaging myself with any event. The question is, is am I camouflaging or am I adapting? That's that's really where I'm going with this because what? it's one thing to say I don't want people feeding on me, so I'm going to be a bright red frog. Yeah, and it's another thing to say the reason I'm doing this is I I I believe that this world is is okay for all of us. Well, right. right. So and intentional versus survival. It's like you were saying before. Well, mm-hmm. What I think is really interesting, and this is something that I wanted to expound upon a little bit, is in doing 
some of this analysis over the last few years. I, I have noticed that there has been over the last maybe five to 10 years, a very active push for an acceptance of counterculture, counter traditional narratives. And what I mean by that is there's a very, a, a very adamant, whether intentional or not push for things that are counter to what the standard has been over the last however long I've been alive. Right. So, uh, I found that in my experience of only being, you know, a very old 30 years, um, I found that humans tend to engage most with things that people tend to find attractive, um, or comforting in modern times. So something that they affiliate with, um, and they tend to avoid instances that are undesirable. Now, a perfect example, I think that is, you know, coming up and I'm this, please take this as a, a, a observation and not an endorsement, um, is, you know, the rejection of objective beauty. You can see this in a lot of different instances throughout society. Uh, now I think I see this specifically in pop culture with the, the fat activism movement, um, which let's not get too critical of them. I don't want to be on anyone's bad side, um, or multiple bad sides. Um, we're big, big bad side. I try to be a little bit more subtle than that. Wolf, our bull. I'm wolf. Your bull. Um, yeah, he's wolf. I'm bull. Um, I don't know. Wolf said that. No, but yeah, right. The this is a bunch that. of bull. But uh, that's a great example. Um, now, not to. I'm not suggesting that traditional beauty standards pushed by Hollywood or or you know crazy companies like uh, Victoria's Secret are natural. They're well, not natural. Beauty standards have changed over uh, yes, millennia anyway. But I think that there has been a consistent a very consistent standard for most of humanity on what people find to be desirable. There's a scientific enterprise that, that talks specifically about uh, biological symmetry yes. and how that associates with how people view their same species. And it's, it, it, if you get down to the base level animal side of what we're talking about, it's mm. about attraction. Yes. Now, uh, what I'm basically getting at is I think there's been a push towards the ignoring of that because I don't think that that beauty standard has deviated much maybe in the extremes when it comes to you know things like I mentioned a second ago with Victoria's Secret or with the ridiculous ridiculous drug usage of diet culture but standard wise over the centuries I think there's been a relatively consistent standard up until very recently um and obviously this can also be seen maybe in art, like when it comes to specific statues that were torn down, a uh, whole idea behind that. It's not only historical relevancy, but also there's a beauty in the existence of something that is, has been created from nothing. Right. Um, and there's a lot of nuances here and a lot of different con, you know, different contexts that if ignored makes this more of a objective argument. Um, but I do think a, a soft form of apisemitism is starting to, establish itself on behalf of the counterculture that has really reared its head over the last few years. Not to say that that's the predominant culture, but just to say that's maybe the loudest subset. See, I think, I think this is a, a divergence. I think this yeah. goes from biological epistemism to non-biological epistemism. We talked In about this a little bit about a little while ago about putting on a mask, right? This is, this is, I know I directed that part of the conversation, but my point really with that is, is that, Human beings, conscious animals that we are, have overcome our genetic predilections and we're able to overcome them by deciding who we want to be in the moment. And I'm, this is not a 
This is not a, a, a an affirmation or a degradation of those that want to be whoever the frick they want to be. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about deciding to do something outside of our biology to allow us to go beyond. Um, the, your 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 discussion about the the view of beauty is a good one as it as it, it views this because it it used to be your view of beauty at you know, hundreds of years ago or thousands of years ago, it was all about, it was all about how, how you were going to continue your line. Yeah. It's no longer about that. You can continue it anyway. There's a million different uh, scientific ways you continue uh, to to move your genetics Mm -hmm. into the future. You don't have to look for those things anymore. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I think, I think... I agree with you. I think the 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 point of me bringing up the like the the beauty standard specifically is because at a certain point in time, and obviously this is kind of a convoluted argument these days because it's really hard to point to a reference point that has stayed absolute. But at a certain point in time, there was a somewhat of a common agreement as to what was healthy and what was not healthy within society. And obviously, Beowulf and I have discussed this very briefly in other episodes when we talked about maybe the uh, the did we ever touch on the the lie of saturated fat. Do we ever discuss that? I felt like we brought it up like I think briefly. We brought it up, yeah, on an unrelated topic. Yeah. but yeah. Um, and that's a, a prime example because you look at something like you know beauty standards and health standards and the antiquated system of you know the BMI system, which is total bullshit to some degree because it's such an old system that hasn't been updated at all, which is very common in American society. Um, and then obviously you have the 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 contradiction in which you know the American Heart Association has been funded and sponsored by uh, Crisco. So you've got these two differences, which I still think is hilarious. Yeah, trust us as we inject your body full of death chemicals. Um, but you did it yourself, damn it. And we're going to charge you a lot of money for it. That's um, capitalism, baby. No, it's not. It's crony capitalism. Um, <laughs> but uh, but at the end of the day, I think what's interesting is that over the last few years, there has been an extreme rejection of this. And I can understand why. Because there's these standards that have been set in a lot of ways. And I don't agree with it, but I can understand it. Where people will look at something and say, that's a beautiful individual. And they'll look at someone who's like six foot two. And I'm going to use a woman, for example, because I happen to find women more appealing than men. Um, but to each their own. Uh, a six foot two, six foot one woman who weighs 125 pounds, who has perfect genetics walking down a runway and they're, you know, wearing wings and dress scantily clad. And they'll say, that's the perfect example of beauty. It is completely and totally unrealistic, unattainable for 99.999997% of society. And anyone who thinks that they could reach that standard has been lied to. The alternative is you've got someone who's also on the guy spectrum who's bulked out like Chris Bombstead. Dottie Bombstad, as he's referred to in the the workout industry, um, who's not natural at all. He's not natty. He doesn't claim that he's natty, but he's the pinnacle, according to bodybuilding and Mr. Olympia ideology, that pinnacle of male standard. That's not attainable either. And then you look at people look at this and they say, well, I'm never going to reach that point. And I don't want to ever work towards that point because it's unattainable. And I don't feel like I can do that. No one supports me. So I'm just going to eat myself to death. And I think apisemitism in humans is specifically exhibited in a lot of those ways because at the end of the day when we talk about people who are doing those things that are addicted to food or who are addicted to binging and purging or who are addicted to drugs or who are addicted to any form of negative impact because there's a line that's crossed you can get up until that point but once that line's crossed you're starting to abuse yourself those are people that are utilizing a form of apisemitism to avoid dealing with any issues it's like a form of trauma and coping which Biologically, I would say it's so, apisemitism, but so is that just is is that 
camouflaging a problem. Yes, because you're because anti-Semitism would. Well, it's kind of the same thing. I right? would say it's because you're keeping people like this too. Yes, you're keeping people at an arm's length for those that you weren't watching. Well, and that's why I look at fat activism as a perfect example, or even drug usage these days with the opioid the opiate epidemic, because people want to normalize these things so they don't get any criticism, so they don't get people who, in some ways, and I would say in the mass grouping, want to support these people so they can get healthy, um, but in some ways are also hypercritical just to be hypercritical. I think that that's their way of projecting, in, and this is opinion, by the way, but that's my opinion of what I think they're doing. I think they're putting their arms out and they're saying, I am so undesirable that if you criticize me, I will end you. And that's why you see this cancel culture. That's why you see these problems and this inability and this, and in a lot of ways, this perforation of cowardice in society to have any critical standards of really anything at all. Because you look at the entire medical industry and some of the hot topics these days were seen as disorders three years ago. So, so you don't think this is an inclusivity directive from the inside out. You think this is, is self-awareness of, of um, challenges that people are creating a, a it's not even a mask. It used to be you put a mask over and say, I'm not that, right? Now they're saying, I'm that, but my protection is you can't criticize. Matter of fact, you got to applaud I think it's both. Who and what I am. I think two things are some, I think those things are simultaneously true at the same time. I think what I mean by the criticism is they'll, the people that are victims of that thinking, because that's what it is, it's a victim form of thinking, not only on their behalf, but actual true victims of that, because I do think there is some level of social pressure these days that almost applauds self-destruction. Um, you look at someone who is eating themselves to death, like the 600 pound life thing. That's a popularized show about two women, one of which is likely going to pass away early because she is eating herself to death. It is a form of entertainment in American society. No one ever criticizes that. It's disgusting. It's but, the same thing. Well, wait, wait a second. It's the same thing with my, uh, my, uh, my strange addiction. Like people watch this for entertainment. Now, granted there's an emotional tug there, but at the end of the day, these people, I mean, how many people that uh, do, are they really is, getting help? I mean, that's the is question. That, is that really any different than the carnivals from a hundred years ago? No, it's not. And I'm, that's the argument that I'm making as I think the carnivals from a hundred years ago, the difference here is that you go to those places knowing that these people are entertainers. People watch this and it's called reality television. But and those most people those weren't entertainers. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that they, well, maybe I they, they were that. turned into entertainers. Yeah, certainly. They were, they were turned Just into like entertainers. Just like these 600 pound people are Sure. And I think that the instance here, and you're probably making a better point about this than I am, is this is being extrapolated in large social ways to the point where people are creating that pseudo existence of where, well, I'm now accepted because I have a group to, group to refer to. So stay away from me because my group will retaliate if you cr criticize me. And then also, and having the support from society for people who are, for example, fans of Lizzo, they're basically supporting that person dying at an early age. That's well, my perspective of it. What would you say that, um, well, okay. So you brought up the circus thing, you know, carnival, carnies is yeah. what they would be you know someone with either a disfigurement or not mm -hmm. no that's not even or well, disability. well sure. that's Siamese twins sure 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 but I'm, woman, that's not the best of. example i'm talking about like someone who has a disorder where they like eat rocks or or eat glass that's, or yeah. or, yeah. or they or they want to eat glass and do we enable 
as a society because it's an entertainment value turn these people into celebrities. Well, that's why I think it's kind of a twisted form of aposemitism because in a lot of ways, aposemitism can be brought up, like you said, with zebras in deterring a predator because they can't recognize the zebra as a form of, because they can't see it. Or in an instance of seeing, say, for example, a large grouping of um, praying mantis that all look like flowers, a predator is not going to be able to see it and thus is just going to think it's a bunch of flowers and go on its way. Humankind, in human perspective, you're going to see a bunch of fat activists and society tells you that you need to support them because they should be loved under any circumstance. That is true. They should be loved under any circumstance. And sometimes there is such thing as tough love. And that requires discussing with that person difficult things in order for them to get better. But instead of doing that, society says, no, 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 everything but that. So you encourage that person and support that person until they end up on their deathbed. And then you, in a strange way, are paying for their death because all your taxes go to taking care of that through Medicare and Medicaid. I've solved all the problems in America. In society You're welcome disgusting right <laughs> well you know it's funny because these these people are there's a psychological aspect of this that you've got to understand mm-hmm. and in this this comes down in geez every industry you could talk about we could think up something along these lines because people create rules and regulations to try to support safety and psychological betterment physical mental health all these kinds of things because it sounds good for the group as a whole to be inclusive in understanding and trying to better people in that way. But what ends up happening is you're not bettering them. You're, you're, you're deluding people into believing that they don't have a challenge. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't be loved. It's kind of like what you said with tough love, et cetera. But they're, they're, they're deluding people into believing that they, they don't have to do anything to get themselves better than what they are right now. Well, that's, that's that's wrong for all of us, really. And at the same time, though, just to, to, to further my point, you've got this, you've got these fat activists, as you talk about, trying to have, you know, you watch a commercial on a, on a you know, f- football game for a, a, a workout kind of thing that has both, you know, an unbelievably looking, uh, well, uh, um, in shape models running in place in a, on a treadmill or whatnot, and then somebody that is, that is overweight doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not against that at all. But I know what I as a human being am focused on if I'm really willing to buy those things. Yeah. Right or wrong, that's just the way it is. But the, the, but the problem is, is if, we, if the whole world went in one direction and said, this is all good, we, here's our new parameters, that's fine. But then you could jump on Instagram and watch a, a reel or two and you know when you're looking at it that nobody's face is real. Yeah. And that, Ever. Well, and they don't make those faces fatter. No, they don't. And I think the, the reality here, and this obviously always comes back to theology for some reason, or at least some level of theology. And I think that a lot of people discuss, you know, freedom, ultimate freedom, specifically in the United States. And being a, well, what's interesting about me on the side note is being a, a constitutionalist libertarian, I struggle with this because part of my doctrine politically is that people should be allowed to do with it, most of which whatever they want to within reason constitutionalist version brings in a little bit of a moral perspective there and says well yeah within extreme reason um we have a society of hedonism so you have the pursuit of ultimate pleasure across the board we discussed this with uh you know expressive individualism in the last episode if you haven't listened to it go check it out um 
but that whole viewpoint of hedonism supports your discussion to the point of saying, obviously, you know, you want to pursue self-pleasure, meaning you want to look the absolute most beautiful way you possibly can while simultaneously not ever being criticized about being 400, 500, 600 pounds or being addicted to opiates or being addicted to pornography or being addicted to X thing at drugs, anything under the sun, because bringing in any semblance of discipline isn't freedom, it's slavery. And the alternative is true is when you have some semblance of discipline, then that allows you to have true freedom. And what's interesting about apisemitism is the animals, when they exhibit these things, these evolutionary standpoints of, or these evolutionary expressions of being able to survive, they're exhibiting discipline. I mean, you can see that from a natural biological perspective. If, 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 you know, a butterfly doesn't choose to show its eyes on its wings in front of a bird, it's going to get eaten. So the same thing goes for people who have gone from weighing X amount of pounds or being addicted to X amount of things to being clean or to being a healthy weight. That same argument is exhibited there. Yet society today gives you a fucked up argument of saying, but you have to pursue all the pleasures you want because that's the true postmodernist version of whatever you want to say it is, be it, you know, or it's just postmodernism. It's, you know, the, the feminism brought to its extreme, uh, you know, misogyny brought to its extreme, uh, all these things, these negatives brought to an extreme. This is back to the anything goes argument. Exactly. That's right? the end of the mm-hmm. day, what it is. And it's, it's interesting because I, I think that people don't seem to understand that it's a cyclical pedantic argument that offers them no exit. It's a cycle of abuse. Look, ultimately, the exit is to engage in a healthy way. And, and because we live our lives in a comparative manner, mm-hmm. I, I don't care who you are. You, nobody's nobody's sitting alone in their cab in the middle of the woods with nothing to compare themselves or their psyche, physical, doesn't matter. They're, everybody compares one way, shape, or form or the other. The, the problem is, is the health of that comparison. And if you're able to get up in the morning and look in the mirror, uh, being old, young, a little too large, a little not in shape, in shape, whatever, and be um, satisfied with that view, then you can adapt yourself to all these other things. The problem is we're not. And we go back to this all the time. We've we talked about this in at least half of the podcasts we've had about this, this idea of having self-worth controlled by um, kind of a structure and, and with some sort of goal, obtainable or not, that you can, you can rush toward or take baby steps toward to allow you to be satisfied with your life. If not, all you're going to do is go online and look at every beautiful person on there and try to adapt yourself to that or shame everybody else around you into believing that that because you can't be that way, you need to be raised on some kind of pedestal. Hmm. Yeah, and I think that that's just, I truly think that as I get older, the real problem isn't necessarily, it is that, but it's just the the, the intentional perversion of an understanding of what discipline and freedom really comes down to. I mean, cause we talk about, as a second ago mentioned, we talk about hedonism and discipline, or we talk about being healthy or not healthy or talk about being religious or not religious or whatever you want to say in relation to that, or, or being a good person or a bad person. These are, these are variances all on the similar type of 
discipline spectrum because being a good person per se literally just comes down to being disciplined to some degree, not letting your impulses control your decision-making to the point where it harms other people. Same thing with being healthy, not eating to the point of being engorged. I mean, the and, and we look at all throughout human history, there's prime examples of this, be it from Gandhi or from Christianity or from Islam or, or Judaism or any form of theology or constructive form of impo- self-imposed discipline, which leads to civilization, by the way. Any form of that has showcased this type of, of viewpoint. And I've kind of gone on a diatribe, like a, we've gone down a different path well, it's here. It's okay. All, all paths lead to the same thing. Death. Um, <laughs> and, and, and really back to, you know, when it comes to the apisemitism part of it, what I found to be interesting is this form of apisemitism has really been utilized. Obviously, this is just observational. And this is my opinion. So please take this to the grain of salt. 100% of the time, we're 60% of accurate or maybe it's 60 percent of the time we're 100 accurate i can't remember um but either way this apisemitism is utilized in such a way to cloud that along with all these other hedonistic viewpoints because if you're never allowed to have any form of criticism in your life if you're rejected rejecting all forms of be it positive or negative observation objective critique of you you're never going to get better at anything you're never going to become happy with anything you're never going to become truly satisfied because at the end of the day you're never going to be able to understand where you currently are on the spectrum between you know self-improvement and being happier with yourself or self-acceptance and being happier with yourself because these are the two different things and they go hand in hand um so i don't know i I just human beings have always been about protecting themselves and their groups Mm. tribalism right what was that a sense of tribalism right yeah yeah i think ever in the tribe to the uh, the wolf's point is only formed because of collective parameters rules structure things like that and i think we've gone back to that many many times in these discussions but i think that human beings as a species are always looking inward on themselves and saying how can i protect myself and the two main two main ways that individuals protect themselves are by Number one, hiding. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, what did I call it? Crypt, cryptosis, uh, which is camouflage, right? Or the second one is aggressive mimicry, trying to create apisemitism to show yourself off to the rest of the world as someone you better not want to screw with, right? Mm-hmm. Those two things. And then what ends up happening is those two things bifurcate and they go to groups, they go to tribes within bigger tribes that decide what they want to do. And then there's that collective thing. There's the concert you're talking about or the riots you talked about or whatever the case may be. So we're a complicated milieu of, of these issues. But the, but the biological thing that you're talking about, apocypatism, is a great descriptor for the human, um, not construct, but the human frailty hmm. that is within all of us. That's a, that's a interesting... Yeah, frailty. Yeah. Well, it really is. I didn't plan this, but I think I'll leave our listeners with one final thing. It's a quote. I don't know who it's from because I'm too lazy to look it up, but it's a quote. So if you want to look it up, go ahead. Um, it actually might be. As he looks it up. It might be Jack from Plato. I don't, it might, it's probably not from Plato. Anyway, hedonism is based on the illusion that what we enjoy inevitably leaves us in joy. Say it one more time. Hedonism is based on the illusion that what we enjoy inevitably leaves us in joy. 
everyone. This is The Wolf speaking, wrapping up yet another episode of The Wolf and Bold Podcast. We appreciate you spending your time with us, and we can't wait for you to hear our next episode. If you like what you heard, tell your friends and family, your neighbors, the local bartender, your doctor, your boss, and hell, you can even tell us. By leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, you can directly help build the Wolf and Bull cult. I mean, uh, the Wolf and Bull family. We can be found on most major podcasting platforms and social media. So what are you waiting for? Scoot on out of here and enjoy your day. But you should probably leave us a review first. But make sure to enjoy your day. But don't forget to leave us a review. Okay, bye.